0: Christ be Jesus Christ. Amen. Slava Jesus Christo. Amen. Please be seated. Do not worry about what you're to eat, what you're to wear, or what you are to put to put on. But sing first the kingship of heaven. Of your God, and all these things will be given to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, that uh, little phrase I chose to preach about today from the Gospel is uh, quite challenging um, because. We live in a materialistic society and we are taught that we need all these things in abundance and sometimes it makes people very unhappy. The younger they are, the more happy they get as they go through puberty, become teenagers and your adults, and they're always worried about fashion, what they look like, what their hair is like, all those things. And we all went through that, every one of us. That we have to look good so we can attract someone to love us. And then we have to look good where we work. And there's standards for all these things. Of course, the military, when you're small clothes out, you're always dressed in your military uniform. Because when you go in, I this didn't happen to me, but uh, I was taken to uh, early orientation down to see how Men uh, go through uh, basic training. And uh, not ladies. I don't know where they went. I never visited them. But anyway, uh, we were all officers and very treated well. And, of course, officers go through officer's training school, and they don't go through basic training especially professional officers, doctors, lawyers, chaplains, people like that. They're handled with kid gloves. But they still have to learn how to dress in their uniform, regulations, and how to conduct themselves. And it gets thicker, the books get thicker as you go up in rank in the military. Now, I look around myself, and I think the most important thing is our dress is we dress modestly. So when a young man um, desires to come to the monastery, and he gets in touch with me, and I invite him to come, and then decides to become a candidate, he has to leave all his old clothes at home. And when he arrives, he says, Arrive in black clothes. And when he's here about a month or two, we put his podriasnik on him. And I don't expect him to uh, appear downstairs, away from the cloister, or in public without his podriasnik on. And then in each stage of becoming, growing in the monastic life, first tonsure, his rassan is put on him again, and the skufa. Because he's tonsured, his hair is cut in the sign of Christ, that tonsure must be protected. I don't expect him to be anywhere without his skufa, except in bed. And I don't check on that anyway. When he comes to solemn vows then, he's considered a very special person because he's becoming a spiritual father. His title changes from brother to father, not necessarily in the community, but in public. His clothes are changed. He comes in in a white robe, his baptismal robe, barefooted. Comes out and lays on the floor. And then he comes forward. He kisses the icons and everything. He comes to me. I usually sit down for this. Some stand, but it's easier to sit down. He kneels down. And I say the prayers, which are a little bit beautiful. And I cut his hair. And I save his hair. I give some to him and send to his mother. and Others I put in an envelope in his file. Just in case he becomes a saint, we have some relics. And when he's an old monkey, he can look in his file if he's allowed to, and see what he was like before. Then he puts on the, the the bottom garment, the rassan. Then on top of him is put the another garment, which is symbolizes the cross of Christ. It's called the piman. Beautiful. Some of the, I always have the made, handmade, and reminds him of who his body belongs to. Then finally I put on him the rasan in his belt. And his belt is the wording of his, uh, it's on his, on his other garment. Gets that special belt, chutgi, prayer book, etc., etc. Now he's not his own person, he belongs to heaven. Now in the gospel today, it said we are all to belong to the heavenly kingdom. In the case of a monk, we give him some sandals too. In the case of a monk, it's pretty obvious what's going on if you understand the gospel. But everybody who's baptized is given a baptismal garment and chrismated. Of course, that's all done to monks earlier on, is it not? There's a third thing you can do at a baptism besides giving them the body and blood of our Lord. You can consecrate them. There's such a prayer. I rarely do that, but some parents want that. So the first sign seems to me in the gospel today about being belonging to the kingdom of heaven is modesty. How we clothe, how we eat, what we wear, what we look at, what we pray, and the company we keep. And everybody is called to modesty, One of the problems today in the parish church is convincing people that they should dress modestly. Otherwise, they dress to attract other people and that can lead to severe sin. I'll just tell you a little thing I shouldn't tell you. Men may be attracted to immodest women, for obvious reasons, but they don't marry them. They got any brains. They want to marry a good girl. And please God, maybe she's marrying a decent man. I have refused to marry people because they were living an immoral life. I will not marry them. Other priests can do that hoping for the best. Sometimes we can get immodest people in the monastery to reform them. Bishops do that to us. They'll send somebody to the monastery it has been in trouble in the parish or something, a priest or somebody like that. It doesn't really work. They say the monastery is too hard. I don't think it's so hard. I think I should be reforming my life and doing penance from my sinful past. Not that I was a great sinner, but we're all born sinners. I think that uh, the home is a little monastery. And all these virtues should be taught to your children. Coming up. There should be modesty in the home, frugality, and they shouldn't be clothes horses. They should have the things that they need, and they are looking at their peers. They need special clothes for special occasions, and we understand that. But that is not life. But those sacred moments are good. And of course, a wedding, you need really special clothes. Uh, The way of life of the Christian is ascetic, one of self-discipline, even for married people and teenagers and everybody else. We're a long way far from that. But we can insist on that in our own home, and I can insist on it in the monastery. I expect my monks to be clothed from their neck to their toes and down to their wrist. No skin showing. No cause for temptation. That they wear their beard, they do not cut it, they can trim it if it's a mess. And they do not cut their hair. These are all affectations. Now, in society, many women have a lot of affectations. That's okay. I enjoyed, always enjoyed my good-looking woman anyway. I didn't mind if she put her makeup on. I don't think that's way out. In the old days, it was considered way out. You know, to wear makeup. I don't mean. I don't think so. I like the ladies to look nice. I guess it's just part of my weakness. But anyway, why are these conditions put in this gospel? Because we are told these are not to be our preoccupation, but the kingdom of heaven is to be our preoccupation. Now look, you can be a multimillionaire. You can have diamonds hanging off of you. And I like diamonds myself. Diamonds are a priest's breast friend. I like that. I'm naughty. And you know, jewelry okay, modest jewelry. If you're a queen or king, I expect you to wear a crown. If you're a monk, expect you wear your scufa and your veil when you're solemnly professed. I do not like religious who neglect their religious habit. I don't dislike them personally. I just don't like that. It has destroyed our church. It has drawn people who are drawn to religious life have left. Change is not necessarily always good. Sometimes it's destructive for human life and for family life, which is the basis of the foundation of society. It calls for modesty, attention to how you talk, how you appear. So at the funeral the other day, I took this young one with me. Went three of us went. This older woman comes up and asks if he knows what he's doing, you know, this young guy, this, this candidate for. He says, Yes, I know what I'm doing. I, would, I, should, I should have walked. I was standing. I said, Well, oh, do you know what you're doing? I should have said, Are you preparing yourself for heaven or hell? How are you living? Why are you tempting a young monk? What's the matter with you? Women. In the old days, once the young boy showed sign of vocation. Everybody left him alone. They prayed for him. Young girls, same way. So if young girls were not allowed in public too much you know. It says in the teachings of Paul, protect your virgin. Dad, hear those words? They're treasures to God. Much less it's harder the young men in your family. Modesty must be practiced, especially in the family. Most parents these days think it's very important to educate your child so they can get a good job. Well, educating your child doesn't guarantee a good job. There's many other factors. Is there a need for what he studied? He just wasted his time and party while he was there, so he's not even qualified. When I was in the military, um, there was a young man. He was locked up. He'd been in a lot of trouble. He'd gone AWOL, absent without leave. And, of course, he ran to Canada because we were near Canada, out in Plattsburgh. But when he came across the border, he was nabbed by the military police. Everybody today has got an ID, you know. This is a socialist society. They brought him to the base and put him in the jail. Very clean place washed down every day with the hose, and each person in there, the only clothes they had to wear was their undersorts so they wouldn't kill themselves or something with their clothing. So I'd go over there once in a while to visit the prisoners. I'd stay on the safe side of the bars. When I was in training... One of the things they took us to was a top security prison in Georgia. So I went up there, and they had these little tables for counseling, and they had a cop there or a guard whatever standing next to me, and they brought this guy. He must have been a volunteer. But I know these people had done capital crimes, and when I looked down to where they're where they slept and ate. It was just a big gymnasium like. There were beds there with no bed sheets, no pillows, nothing. maybe a, a, nothing then just open toilets, nothing they could harm themselves with. like it like a zoo or like a, a place to keep animals. So they brought this man. He was, I'd say, he was in his thirties, for me to counsel. What? How am I going to counsel that? I was a pastoral counselor. I wasn't that kind of counselor, you know. He sat down. So I started the conversation by saying, "What did you do?" He says, "I killed my wife." I said, "Well, you would not, if you you would not do that again." Would you? You never try that. He said, sure I would. She deserved to die. I, knew what there was, well, I didn't know where I was going to go, talk, teach him the Our Father. What was I supposed to do with this guy? You know? So I sat there looking at him, and I uh, i never met that, a person so hard, so hard-hearted. I wouldn't want to have been a chaplain in that place. I'm sure they weren't thinking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God takes you by storm. It makes you fall in love with faith, hope, and charity. You should pray to God every day that he's preparing you as best he can with your cooperation to entrance not into the prison, but into the glory of the kingdom of heaven and be with him for all eternity. Some people were never taught that. They were taught all these other values we just mentioned to you. And not only that, they were mean. How did they become mean? They had been abused. That's my idea anyway. Somewhere along the line, they had been abused to make them so mean. How could this man murder his wife, someone he should be p- protecting, who he married, we hope, in love, not just in passion? Things were r- radically wrong. So, there is always the parable in the Old Testament of Jacob's ladder and his battle with the angel, the, the angel of God. Angels are always, usually, messengers of God. That's why the three young men, every day in Matins, in the seventh Ode are mentioned. Because they represent the three persons that bless the Trinity. And the fathers, if you read them, they'll tell you that and they'll work that out with you. No canon does not have that. And they came to see them, God visited them, because they were (laughs) standing in fire and unfed. And yet they prayed. They had nothing of the earth. And they were going to kill him, but God wouldn't allow that. And those were the ones the Holy Trinity came to see. The kingdom of God came to them. Beautiful. My dear brothers and sisters, you have a choice to make. I know sometimes we're unreasonable in the church in our demands. And I know not every churchman is ideal or every nun. But they should read this gospel. And I don't say not to have security for your family. That's important. But be careful what you do with it. These big multimillionaires in our society, they're show-offs. Or those well, people in Hollywood, well, they've really fallen now. We found out about them. They're, they were really the bad people. A few were true. A few were pretty good Catholics. But they lived a life for this world, a life of pleasure, partying. Now, everybody's ready to go to a party, but very few people are ready to go to church on Sunday. Eighty percent of Catholics do not cross the doors of a church on Sunday. It's the largest denomination in the United States, fallen Catholics. What did we do wrong? We were too easy. A treasure must be thought, fought out for. How to get it, how to dig it, how to find it. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, the treasure's in your heart. How can we find the treasure in our heart? Oh, prayer and fasting. Are we a foolish virgins or are we wise virgins? They came to the party, which was heaven, with treasure in their hand, their prayer and their good works. The other five, they thought oh, this is going to be a party. We don't bring, have to bring anything. Oh, God loves me anyway. Oh, we're all going to get to heaven anyway. No, no. We should pray for our brothers and sisters in the United States and their materialism. But our government wants to feed us on materialism and destroy our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So now, I remember when I was a young man, and a young boy, my mother would take me to the doctor He waited on you, took care of you, you paid the bill, and you went home. Now we have to have insurance of some kind. So all our medical life is determined about by the government and its regulations. It just creeped up on you, didn't it? You have no freedom. I still take the monks to the doctor and pay because the insurance is more expensive than the services they need. Well, we can get away with that. A lot of people also have dental insurance, and they have a hard time getting their teeth fixed. In England, a dentist can only work on you 15 minutes. They have the worst teeth I ever saw in the world. Slowly, but surely, we're going to do what the government says. Too bad. Slowly sure that we're going to have the new world order. We're going to take everything away from us, but we'll be much better off. Don't be foolish. Slowly ensure you can always follow your own will and do what you want to do and not get into the kingdom of heaven. Parents, when you talk to your children and you want them to do something and they want you to reason with them why they have to do it, say, you have to do it because I want you to. It's for your good. They don't think so. You're the God figure in their lives. This gospel today is the two lines, <laughs> two lines, shows us what we're supposed to be working for. This morning, when I was praying about this gospel and thinking about it, I said to God, "God, I'm a sinner. Do to me what you have to do, that I can gain entrance." into your kingdom. That I will not be lost in sadness for eternity. Do to me what is necessary. Teach me what is necessary. And I say to my monks, you have to be saints because I want to get to heaven. I tell them that it's their job be holy so I can get there. They can drag me in. Many of you married people have had many, many difficult times in life, and you've gone through it splendidly, prayerfully, with tears in your eyes. Tickets to the kingdom of heaven. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.